Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, plea cute. Jonathan brings the case against his wife, Kat. Jonathan believes their first date was a post-class lunch in their college cafeteria. Kat says that lunch did not count as a date. Who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Podcasts, don't be so melodramatic. Look at all those podcasts down there. Tell me, would you really feel any pity if any one of those podcasts stopped moving forever? If I offered you 20,000 pounds for every podcast that stopped, would you really, old man, tell me to keep my money? Or would you calculate how many podcasts you could afford to spare? Free of income tax, old man, free of income tax. The only way you can save money nowadays. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear them in. Jonathan and Kat, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God or whatever. Yes, I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that as a graduate of a major Northeastern private university, he only ate, I don't know, gold doubloons or something in his uh, college cafeteria? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> munch, 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 munch. His college cafeteria was Hearst Castle. Uh, <laughs> Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. No hints, Bailiff Jesse Thorne. No hints, if you please. Jonathan and Kat, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment. One of your spheres. Can you mention the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? It was almost a complete quote. There was Obviously, the podcast was not part of the quote. I substituted the podcast in for a, a telling noun. Cat, uh, let's start with you. There is a... A lot of money, money stuff. Uh, and Money I, stuff. I'll put that down as a guess. Money <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, um, I do not think that it's a Christmas carol, but that was what my brain went to. Um, I'm very not confident there, but I feel like Jonathan was raising his eyebrows. Uh, so we, we might as well just go on over to him. Well, I'm, I'm putting down a Christmas carol and money stuff. Money stuff. Money stuff sounds like a Wesley Snipes movie from the 90s. Wesley Snipes and uh, Woody from, uh, from Cheers. What's his name? Woody Harrelson. Well, that's one of, those, one of those movies. You're close. It was Wesley Snipes and Coach from Cheers. <laughs> oh, what a film that would have been. Now, Jonathan, what is your guess? I thought I knew it. It sounded like something from the end of Squid Games on Netflix, but... Sounded like something from the end of Squid Games. The end of Squid Games, which would be a great title for a Squid Games sequel. All right, I'll put in both Squid Games and the end of Squid Games, The Return. That's the sequel title. And let's see, Money Stuff, Money Stuff Meets Ghost, Squid Games... Nope, all guesses are wrong. Jonathan and Kat... What generation are you? I don't want to ask your particular age. Are you in your 30s, your 20s, your what? We're right on the cusp of millennial Gen Z-ish. I'm 27. I'm 26. Oh, so you weren't even born when this podcast started. <laughs> Way back when, when I used to say my favorite movie was a certain movie that I had tried to get the person I am married to, at that time, a person I was just starting to date, to watch. My wife, then girlfriend, who was a whole human being in her own right then and now, Came over to my house. I had rented my favorite movie to show her. We had just started dating. This might have been kind of our first date. And I said, would you like to watch Carol Reed's The Third Man, starring Joseph Cotton and Orson Welles? 
And she said, no, thank you. Let's hug and kiss instead. I'm like, oh, dates. I understand. Okay, good. Now I know. Now that's how I learned what a date is. This is a case about dates, what they are, when they happened, what counts as one, what doesn't. But the answer, of course, was the third man. I was quoting from the famous Orson Welles monologue at the end of the third man. You ever see the third man, Jonathan or Cat? I have. I have not. I've actually never even heard the title of that movie until this moment. Uh, I wouldn't leap into it. You need to see the first and second man first. <laughs> Otherwise, you won't be able to follow it. Yeah, Man Trinity is the official title. <laughs> Orson Welles plays a, a, a black marketeer in Vienna, in, in uh, post-World War II Vienna. And his old college chum uh, meets him on a giant, uh, 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 what do you call it? Ferris wheel. And he's saying, don't you have any morals about the, the people that your bogus ponicillin has been hurting? And he does not gesture down at the ground to podcasts. He gestures down at the ground to people who look like ants to them. And he said, if I gave you 20,000 pounds to stop one of those dots from moving, wouldn't you do it? That's what I consider to be a romantic movie at the time. I'm glad we didn't watch it. Now on to the case. Who comes to seek justice in this fake court of non-law? I do. Jonathan, what is the justice you seek? So my remarkable wife, Kat, who's a whole human being in her own right. Well, very nice. You have listened to the podcast before. All right, I understand. <laughs> We've been together for close to eight very blissful years of marriage. I think it's a very successful marriage. You know, fights and quarrels are squashed pretty quickly. But one disagreement that's existed throughout our whole relationship has been over what a first date is and what our first date is. And I believe it is our cafeteria outing. In October of 2013, the community college we were both attending, I invited her to have lunch with me at the cafeteria. I walked her to the cafeteria, we had lunch, and I walked her back to her class. I count that as a date. She doesn't. I'll let her argue her points, but I think it hits all of the hallmarks of a date that I'm sure we'll get into. Okay. I, I, uh, before I ask uh, for your testimony, Kat, let me just uh, check with Jonathan on a couple of details here. Uh, are you uh, at liberty to say the name of the community college where you yes. had this cafeteria date? It is Meridian Community College in Meridian, Mississippi. Old Meridian Com. And um, in the cafeteria, did they just have trays and trays of grilled cheese sandwiches? Yes. I would usually oh. get like a grilled cheeseburger. Every day. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, lo I love to eat in a cafeteria. I would go on a date with you there, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty dingy cafeteria. And before we go any further, uh, may I ask, when you walked her to uh, Meridian Community College CAF, were you wearing a cape? And at any point, did you lay the cape down over a puddle <laughs> for her to walk over? No, I left my cape in the apartment. Yeah, see, that would have decided it pretty quickly, because when you put a cape down over a puddle, it's definitely a date. Wouldn't you agree, Jesse Thorne? Yeah. Did you know that at Yale, you're not even allowed into the dining hall without a cape? Oh, yeah, I learned the hard way. They have some lost and discarded capes that you can put on if you show up gauche, capeless. Apparently, a cloak does not count. A hooded cloak does not count. No. I'm like, I'm a member of a secret society over here. They said, get out, go get a cape, gentleman's cape to go with your gentleman's C. That's high C. They used to serve it in the cafeteria. Gentleman's high C. <laughs> they never, they'd never deigned to serve low C. No, it was, gen, it was regular high C, but with absinthe. Okay, anyway, Jonathan, finally, before we go any further, I will, I, I, legally I will correct the spelling of your name. You're welcome. Hmm. Because you spell your name 
J-O-N-A-T-H-O-N. That's correct. This is the second Jonathan that I've had to deal with today. I'm just, I just settled on a, on a case for the New York Times Magazine, my little columnette, my Judge John Odgman columnette in there uh, against, and there's a little preview, spoiler, against a Jonathan. I've never met another Jonathan, so. You got to get to know this person. He's from Australia and he calls uh, lunch dinner, which is fine, but he also calls breakfast dinner. <laughs> he calls all meals dinner. I don't know if that's an Australian thing or what, but the point is, Kat, when you, are you, are you married now, the two of you? Yes. That's nice. So you definitely, you definitely had a date. At least one. We'll figure out which the first one was. Yeah. But you knew what you were signing up for when you marry a, a person named Jonathan. It's not a sprint. No. This is going to be a long road with this Jonathan. Sure was. Sure is. I'm going to get a lot of John. I hope that it goes on forever. Now, well, how do you dispute the contention that Jonathan has made about this date? Well, I say that this is not not a first date, and in fact, not a date at all. Mm. This is more of um, an acquaintance get-together, and mm. if anything, is a group friend outing, because it's not a one-on-one sit-down lunch, as mm-hmm. Jonathan likes to paint it. This So Jonathan and I met in the Meridian Community College Concert Choir, um, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is a, it's a, a small ensemble to a 25 to 30 students. I'll watch five seasons of this television show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 25 to 30 students at most. Um, and we met there by Jonathan complimenting me via telephoning a compliment through someone else in the baritone section. So I... Wait, he called into... He called out of the... Ba- he called into the baritone... No, he called out of the baritone section. You look nice. <laughs> you look nice. You look you nice. Look nice. <laughs> you look nice. As it passed from section to section. Uh, no, he... He... You know, when you whisper into someone's ear and they whisper into someone else's ear, that kind of a telephone. Oh, like a game of telephone. Yeah, like a game gotcha. of telephone. He didn't want to oh, tell... Oh, Jesse, me. you were right on. That's exactly how it was passed down the line. Yeah, um... It started as, you look nice, and then eventually as it went through 30 different people, it was like, I need mice. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy named Kalen tells me he likes my dress, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Kalen. Very nice. And then Jonathan is like, no, that's compliments from me. (laughs) Uh And I'm like, oh, cool. And that's how we met. (laughs) Um, That's a pretty meat cute, I gotta say. Meat. I never knew what meet cute was until oh probably a decade ago, but that's what that's the situation in a rom com where a couple meets. It's usually pretty cute. That was pretty the cutest of the meet cutes that I've heard. I I would think so. Good job. And this choir met during the lunch period. I think it started at twelve fifteen, and so it was a pretty common occurrence for the members of the choir to eat together either directly before or directly after class because we were always hungry right around the time choir met because it was every single day of the week from twelve yeah. fifteen to one thirty. And also you were young people and you were hungry all the time. Starving. Ravenous. Yeah, um, yeah of course. And you could just like eat a dozen grilled cheese sandwiches and then go to choir and be like, yeah. this is fine. And then have like 10 more after. 100%. No cheese throat problems. No, exactly not. Just gal- drink a gallon of whole milk before you get up on stage. Why not? 
you could do it then. Your body was in perfect condition. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that it was a pretty normal occurrence for groups of choir students to eat together at the cafeteria. And so it was kind of always understood that any time before or after choir, at least five to ten choir kids would be eating in the cafeteria. And so it's kind of neither here nor there if on a specific day, Jonathan was like, hey, do you want to get lunch in the cafeteria? Because I was always going to get lunch in the cafeteria that day. It's not a special kind of ask. It's not, it's a very, there's no risk involved. It's it, And it's not any kind of expression right. of romantic right, okay. intent. It's basically like, are you walking the same way I'm walking? Yes. And also, I will say, when we got to that, we did walk to the cafeteria alone together on this day. However, we sat at a table with five to seven other choir students. There were multiple other MCC people there. I love the idea that these choir students roll 10 to 15 deep (laughs) out to the cafeteria and they're all holding and they just push some dweebs <laughs> off of a off of a bench like sorry choirs here you don't know where the choir you don't know this is the choir table matching letterman jackets step <laughs> off nerds did the choir table the choir group all have a regular table yes or no yeah <laughs> where was it in the calf when you walked in it was on the right hand side kind of in the corner what was the nearest neighboring click the board gaming table? There was definitely a Magic the Gathering group, but they did not hang out in the cafeteria a lot. They hung out in the kind of social table area outside of the bookstore. All right. And uh, what did you have for lunch on this non-date? Do you, do you remember? Was it memorable at all to you? Salad. I always, I, every time I go in a cafeteria, I eat at the salad bar. I love a salad bar, but I hate the prep work to make a salad bar on my own. You don't have to make a whole salad bar. You, know, you can just make one salad. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you live in Kentucky now, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So you probably have a, a bit of a, a little bit more square footage in your home than an average New York apartment. But that doesn't mean you have to get a whole salad bar. Honey, what should we put on the registry besides <laughs> all these sneeze guards? <laughs> so, Jonathan... Let's talk about intention here. Did mm-hmm. you intend for this lunch to be a date or were you just walking in the same way and you asked on impulse? Yes. I think I would disagree with the idea that there was no romantic intention because it had been building up to this point. This wasn't just the first day, like the way she presented it. This was like the second thing I ever said to her was, let's go get lunch. But I think there was clear romantic buildup, like hanging out 101 that led up to this specific day where I invited her to walk with me to the cafeteria and we had lunch. I remember it. We had lunch together and we were at the choir table alone and then people joined us. However long it took for people to start gathering, that's up for debate. But I think it started with an alone one-on-one lunch. As you remember it, there was a red check tablecloth. The lights were low. There was a Chianti bottle with a single candle in it. Exactly. (laughs) You shared a plate of spaghetti. Spaghetti. Exactly. And then I walked her to her class following lunch. So it's 
I think there's a lot of date hallmarks that are being met there, like, you know, those nervous butterflies you get when you're talking with someone you really like. I think it's clear we both had that. You know, eating food is a common dating ritual. And I think by virtue of us being together all these years later, that means it has to have been a date. Kat, did you like him? He's describing that he liked you. I liked him, but I don't know if romantic intent was expressed. And I also don't think that we had hung out one-on-one before this or even really in a group setting. And I also may have still been in a relationship with someone else at this time. So I... First time hearing of this. Whoa. Wow. That's not true. I mean, quote the Doughboys, wow. (laughs) If I rule in your favor, Jonathan, that means... I, by law, must brandish your wife a cheater. No! If this was your first date, then she was cheating on you, intentionally or no. She was definitely in a relationship when we first met, but I am positive that that relationship was over at this point. I remember specifically waiting until that had ended to ask her on this official date. Here's what I know, is that we started dating, officially became boyfriend-girlfriend on November the 9th, 2013, which was exactly two weeks after I broke up with the person I was with previously. Nice recovery, by the way, Kat. Yes. I'm glad you were able to move on. And happy anniversary. We're recording this right now, just a few days after your your anniversary, your dating anniversary. Yeah. Hey, yeehaw. Your ninth, I think, your ninth Mm -hmm. dating anniversary, right? Yeah. Yes. Nine years. Yeehaw indeed. Let's take a quick recess and hear about this week's Judge John Hodgman sponsor. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2020-24, 2020-24. 
oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. All right, let me get something straight here. Obviously, there's a little bit of Rashomon going on because there's some indistinct memories happening. It was your intention for this to be a date. Is that correct, Jonathan? That's what you're, that's what you're saying? Yes. But if Kat didn't perceive it as a date, how could it be a date? I think in a lot of dating situations, it's not, it doesn't need to be clear for both people. I think sometimes you want it to be like a more natural thing that just sort of turns into a date a lot of times. Like, I think it's pretty common to go on first dates with friends because, you know, a lot of people want to feel safe. They have that desire to feel safe, or if it turns out they don't want it to be a date, they might want an exit plan. So I think that's pretty common to be around mutuals for your first romantic yeah, outing. Jo- Jonathan, look, even though even though you spell your name in an atypical way compared to the other Jonathans that I know and the Johns, we're still all part of the of the fellowship of Johns. And from one John to a Jonathan, you don't want to be out there saying. If I think in my mind it's a date, it doesn't matter what the other person thinks. I'm not saying that's that not at a all. good. That's not a good look for the for the Johns. You know what I'm saying? It's not a good look. You almost, you almost sunk it there, but I'll still hear all the evidence. I think both of us were hopeful it was a date at the time. Cat, were you hopeful at the time that this was a date, or were you just having a salad with a choir friend? Yes or no? Tell me the truth. I was hopeful it was a date, but I don't think that that means it was a date. I think that my standards are and were higher than just hoping that a scenario is a date and makes it a date. So you were mad that he didn't pay the five bucks to get the violinist to play O Solo Mio? Or or that he didn't swipe his meal ticket, you know? <gasps> I had Whoa. to use my own. Not allowed. Not allowed. It was. It wasn't allowed. I yeah, did it but for a, people. But a big gesture, like breaking MCC uh, cafeteria rules, that's, that's romance. Interesting. And you mentioned the thing about risk too, Kat. Can you can you say what that means to you? You said that Jonathan wasn't really taking any emotional risk in going to the cafeteria lunch with you. I have a note here. You said it. Mm-hmm. Do we need to read it back to you, Kat? No, no, Why no, no, aren't no, no, you... no. Okay. No, I... I'm just teasing you. I understand where we are now. Um, Yeah, he he had not... I feel like at this point in our kind of situationship, 
I had been doing a lot more of the heavy lifting in terms of in just initiating any kind of conversation, period. Um, and his definition of beginning a budding relationship was kind of just following me around campus and conveniently mm. showing up places that I happen to be. Mm-hmm. Um, John Hodgman style. <laughs> that is the fellowship of John move, I have to say. And I kind of was left in a lot of ways wondering whether or not he was romantically interested in me. And so how could I know if this was to be a date or not? Uh, you know, if he wouldn't even compliment me directly. Um, Let me just clarify that the John Hodgman style of dating is to be around the person as much as possible for years without ever expressing any emotion whatsoever. (laughs) But the difference between me and, and between a John and a Jonathan is that I never walked away from that going, that was a great date. (laughs) (laughs) I walked away from that going, that person thinks I'm garbage because I am. We probably don't even think of me at all. Anyway, just a little, just a little, uh, a little background information there. And so, okay, so you were you were waiting for a risk of some kind, and and by the risk, what do you mean? That's what I'm yeah, trying to get. I guess I'm. I, I was hoping that he would have said something, anything like, "Hey, I think that you are attractive. Why don't we go on a date? You know, something right. to that nature. Or what if you and I hang out alone?" Did he talk like that at the time? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> because my friend Jim for the for the first 3 months of kindergarten talked like a robot <laughs> until they had a parent teacher conference. <laughs> Why don't you and I hang out alone? Did he ever say that to you or not until not until your vows? Was that his vows at your wedding? No. Hey, I like you a lot. I thought he said that to me once when I thought we were having our first date. Tell me about what you thought was your first date. It wasn't. Um, on November the 7th, 2013, mm-hmm. Right. we agreed to go to the movies together and watch Thor The Dark World. Terrible wow. movie. But uh, I don't. I don't. I, that's one I've never seen. I wouldn't. I feel bad because Alan Taylor directed and he directed me an episode of Bored to Death, and I liked him. Oh well. He can be a good person, and the movie can be medium. Yes, I suppose that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm Sorry, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the reception of one's artistic <laughs> efforts is reflective of one's intrinsic value. One hundred percent. I'm like eighty five percent on that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty clearly. So your first date was that you agreed to go see Thor, The Dark World. And as inauspicious a start as that was, that was your first date. But you say we ag- an agreement was reached, some pretty diplomatic language. Who asked whom? So he, he asked me to go to a movie. We agreed to meet at McAllister's beforehand, have a little din-din. Um, oh. However... When I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just excited about Din Din and McAllister's. I'm telling you, five, se- six seasons in a movie of this whole thing. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. When we got, when I got to McAllister's, there was not one Jonathan, but two Jonathans because his roommate, also named Jonathan, but spelled with an oh, A, no. was there. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> 
And oh, so no. what I what thought happened? <laughs> what I thought was our first date. Th- what I thought this is a risk. This is a expression of romantic interest he's asking me to hang out maybe he'll do a stretch and flex in the in the darkness of the movie theater maybe we'll share a kiss maybe we'll share a baked potato and a cup of soup none and of the callisters their famous baked potato and cup of soup deal yes the juice too we didn't share any of that instead i sat between him and his roommate jonathan yeah but you still count this as your first date no i do not Okay. I counted as what I thought was our first date. Was going to be your first yes. date. Yeah, this was the kind but of But it was risk. sabotaged by the Fellowship of Johns. <laughs> Even <laughs> after agreement had been reached <laughs> at the summit of the two. <laughs> yeah. I think that there can be more an argument for this than the cafeteria. I think that our actual first date was after we had already started dating. And that was a little soiree at Taco Bell and then sitting in the back of Books a Million and watching Man of Steel on uh, Jonathan's Kindle Fire. I love the specifics. (laughs) That was our third date. Hey, specificity is the soul of narrative. No, okay, so setting aside cafeteria... Uh, love meat. Then there is Thor: The Dark World with the with the Fellowship of Jonathan's. Love meat is my favorite Kiss album, by the way. M e e t in this case. There was so much specificity that I that I almost couldn't handle it. Or be as specific as possible with this third date again. You were watching something on a fire Kindle. Yes, in a we Borders bookstore. We met at Taco Bell and we mm-hmm. ate bean burritos, and then we rode together to the adjacent Books a Million. And we sat on the floor in the back beside the magazines, and we watched Man of Steel on Jonathan's Kindle Fire. In the year 2013. That is correct. So many things existed that do not exist anymore (laughs) in that wonderful story. Like, it's a real trip through time. Watching Man of Steel sitting by the magazines in a bookstore. All those things are gone like sand through the fingers of time. I just made that up. Sand through the fingers of time doesn't make any sense. What day did that occur? You said November 7th for Thor The Dark World. This was after we had officially become boyfriend and girlfriend. So it was after November 9th. I think that it was the following weekend. So somewhere mid-November. So how did you become boyfriend-girlfriend between this non-date hmm. of Thor The Dark World hmm. and your hangout at Books A Million? Hmm. This be, well, um, I was at well, a- You don't have to be very specific here. Yes. I'm just saying- um, I was at a Halloween party and I was messaging Jonathan and Jonathan was not at the Halloween party. He was at his apartment at the community college and he, we were just- His roommates, John, Jonathan, Jonathan, (laughs) John, John, and Joe. He was present. Short for Jonathan. Right. And the Halloween party I was at, they- they put on a scary movie, and this was a Halloween party happening in November. It was a post-Halloween Halloween party. Yes. And I did not want to- I'm, tra- I'm tracking the dates yeah. very carefully. Don't I did not want to watch the movie because I was uh, very scared. Which movie again? I believe it was maybe Sinister or one of the Insidious movies. Uh, okay. Very good. Spooked me pretty good. I hear there's a scary. Yes. And so Jonathan said, well, what if you came over and we watched Fox and the Hound together instead? And I said, sounds good to me. And so then I drove 25 minutes to his uh, community college apartments that was no girls allowed. And I snuck into his community college apartments. Holy 
cats. Oh. 2013 was wild <laughs> yeah. in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Community colleges with apartments <laughs> where girls aren't allowed, magazines, <laughs> books a million. Um, his roommate answered the door. Was it John or Jonathan or John John John? It was it was Jonathan number two answered the okay. door. Already a great beginning to this real date. Yeah. <laughs> it's already a throwback. I don't know if Jonathan number two knew that I was coming. Um and then I came in. I sat on the armchair with Jonathan number one, my Jonathan, and we watched the Aristocats instead of Fox mm. and the Hound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the classic bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then we decided we might as well make it official. <laughs> and Nice. We did. I gave her a bracelet. Yeah. Is that true? That is true. He he did. He was wearing a bracelet. It was a leather bracelet that snapped together, and he took it off of himself, <laughs> and he put it on my wrist, and he said, we're dating now. <laughs> he kissed my forehead. Oh, that, all right. <laughs> Traditionally, the dating relationship is consecrated with gifts purchased in the college quad. So it may be a leather snap bracelet, it may be a sterling silver ring with a yin-yang on it, or it could be a Scarface poster. Could be some devil sticks, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Here, you take one of my devil stick batons. Forever we shall keep this stick in the air forever. Let us now hack the sack. (laughs) Uh, Wow. I mean, come on, Jonathan. Why is that not your first date? That feels like a first date to me. That one, I've never considered that our first date because, I mean, firstly, it took place after the cafeteria date. And secondly, because there wasn't, that one definitely, there was no intention or effort on my part. With the cafeteria, at least there was an invitation and a strolling an escort to the cafeteria. I must stop you. As important as as a strolling escort to the cafeteria is... To a, to a potential deity's heart. Don't sell yourself short here, Jonathan. <laughs> you invited her over to watch a movie. You saved her from Insidious 2, <laughs> which came out September 13, 2013. Couldn't have been Insidious. Couldn't have been Insidious 1 because that came out in 2012. Sister 2 didn't come out until 2015. Got to be Insidious 2, just so you know, so you can add it to your calendar. Thank you. In your diary. Yeah, I considered that a romantic date that took place after... Those first two dates, the cafeteria and the Thor the Dark World one, but... Whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me what was romantic about Thor the Dark World. (laughs) I put my head on her shoulder during the movie. In the credits. Yeah. (laughs) Before or after the mid-credits scene? I think before the mid-credits scene, after um, other Jonathan had gone to the car and left us alone. Yeah. Oh, finally he got the message? (laughs) Yeah, he was my ride, so... Had to, he had to be there most of the time. <laughs> How did it feel to be on this runaway love train, moving from <laughs> choir lunch to head on shoulder to exchange of leather bracelet and kiss on forehead over the course of mere weeks? <laughs> it was riveting. Look, cat. Yes. What do you circle as your first date? Fox and the Hound turned to Aristocats, yes or no? No, I believe our first date is Taco Bell followed by Man of Steel in Books a Million. All right, so that was after you became boyfriend and girlfriend. Yes. Okay. That's your first date. Yes. And Jonathan, you're still on cafeteria lunch. 
Yeah, I consider Taco Bell our third or fourth date, but cafeteria definitely the first date because it's, I don't want to discount. That was a very magical day for me. I don't want to just lose it to obscure hangout territory. And November 9th was Taco Bell and Man of Steel? No, November 9th was the day that was Aristocats. Um, I don't have a specific date tied to Taco Bell, Man of Steel. November 9th was the date of the fox and hound lie. (laughs) Yes. But Taco Bell definitely occurred after official boyfriend and girlfriend. Maybe I just don't understand the terms here because uh, I've been probably on two dates my entire life that I knew were dates. And I'm 51 years old and I don't know what, what, what kids do these days. Explain it to me like I'm a 51 year old. First, Jonathan, what is a date? So I think a date, it has to have a few hallmarks. There needs to be an agreed upon locale and time suggested or an invitation. Uh, It needs to have some of those first date hallmarks like nervous butterflies or close physical proximity. Um, And there needs to be something building. It needs to be building into something more. If after that date, you don't want to hang out with that person anymore, then it was probably just a one-sided affair. So I think a date can be a pretty relaxed, no-stakes hangout and still be a date. Mm -hmm. Like a cafeteria hang. Yeah. Gotcha. Jonathan, do you think that it requires advanced planning? Not that advanced. Some kind of planning, even if it is you want to come hang out at my apartment. Some kind of planning. Did you wake up that morning and go, this is it, I'm going to sort of walk closely to her as she is walking towards the cafeteria where I know she's going and will be going anyway. And I will suggest, do you want to keep walking together and have lunch together? Did you did you at least think of it that morning? There was a lot of internal preparation. You know, if you're if you're like a shy boy who hasn't been on a lot of dates like I hadn't at that point, then you want to have, like, if she said no in that circumstance or she didn't see it as a date, there's that exit valve of, oh, we're just going to the cafeteria. It's like, I don't have to be embarrassed every time I see her now if she says no or rejects me. So there's sort of like, it's sort of cheating, but it's a way to like play both sides, not give away your whole hand. Mm-hmm. And Kat, you heard that checklist that Jonathan laid out when I asked, what is a date? Do you have a checklist? Sure do. What is it? I think that at the very top of the checklist is that both people have to know that it's a date. I think that it has to be agreed upon by both parties and that romantic intent has to be expressed by both parties. I think those are the big three for me. The hallmarks of food or location don't really matter to me because I think that that's very, you know, you could go hiking or whatever. Right. Yeah. So my my big three are both people have to know that it's a date. Romantic intent has to be expressed. Kat, what constitutes an expression of romantic intent? How would you characterize that? Hey, I'm interested in you romantically. She got you there, Jesse. <laughs> She got you there. Simple and believable. But it does sound like the lunch was special to you, even if Kat didn't understand or agree that it was a date. How does it make you feel knowing that Kat doesn't share your point of view on this? Yeah. I When I remember that day, I remember that being 
the first official romantic kindling of the spark of our relationship. I think that was the first time I could tell, even if there wasn't this clear, I'm romantically interested in you robot statement, you know, you can just, not all the time, but a lot of times you can just tell when someone is vibing with you and you are reciprocating that. So that date was the first time I felt like she does like me, she's interested in me, and we can further this along, maybe go on more dates in the future and see where it goes. Was there anything that she said or did outwardly that made you feel encouraged to invite her to go see Thor The Dark World? Um, well, the fact that she said yes and going to the cafeteria, that was a good sign for me. Um, I think we had... That was all you needed <laughs> at that point. I think that was the start. We had, I remember having like very good, deep conversations on the way to and following the cafeteria. Well, heavens, what, Jonathan, why didn't you tell us about the deep conversations? I Because I All don't remember. All you were doing was talking about your cape. Oh, no, that was me. <laughs> I don't remember the specifics. and I don't want to cheat and say we had these super deep conversations. Kat, did, you, did you have deep conversations on the way to and from the cafeteria? Yes or no? We've always had good conversations together. I also don't remember a lot of specifics of our early conversations except for a few standouts about academic integrity. So we don't have to really talk about that a ton. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Thank you very much. But I will ask, you know, if you didn't already before, that Jonathan feels a certain way about this cafeteria lunch. How did how does it make you feel to know that he thought he was on a date with you and, and you didn't? I think it's really sweet. I think it's nice. I think it's But you want to punish him all the same. <laughs> I don't want to punish no. him. I think it's I think that he's holding on to it. Um I think he's being very stubborn about this. I think that I I'm not saying that he's being disingenuous, but I think he really, really wants to win. And I think he I think he wants to razz me when he wants to rile me up like this is something he pulls out whenever he wants to not make me mad. Like he doesn't want to pull this out to make me mad. But if he, he wants to make me a little bit like frustrated, he'll, he'll be like, ah, I don't know what to talk about right now. I see. So if I were to rule in your favor, Jonathan, you want me to rule that the first date was this cafeteria date and should be celebrated, right? By celebrated what? I just want it going forward. I want it to be recognized as our uh, first official unequivocal date. So when friends ask us about it, there's not a bunch of caveats and a bunch of uh, this might be our first date or this might. It would be just a definitive. This is what constitutes a date. And this is why the cafeteria date fits in that category. I don't want to lose that. Why is this important to you? Because I don't want to lose that romantic spark that we had when we uh, went to the cafeteria. Yeah, but as you, f you, fe you, fe you felt it. I you certainly felt something. Well, and, you and you can't even tell me now. When I said, what did she show to you or say to you that suggested that this was the beginning of something? You said, well, she didn't say no. <laughs> I won't continue to walk down this same hallway with you because I'm going to lunch anyway. And there were conversations. And deep conversations, I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Kat, I forgot to ask you something. Yes. I was so flabbergasted by the fact that you went to see Thor The Dark World with two Jonathans. <laughs> and I think it's a second Jonathan does kind of undo the date a little bit more, even than the quality of Thor The Dark World. Who asked whom on that 
Jonathan did ask me on that. Whatever we're going to call it. We're not going to call it a date right now. On that social occasion. Yes. Jonathan, tell me about the day you decided to invite Kat to see Thor The Dark World. Um, I think that I was building up courage, you know, over those first few weeks. And that was probably following the cafeteria date. That was the first day I expressed. I don't want to know. I don't want to know your inner life anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, give me some of this sitting on the floor in Books A Million with a Kindle Fire detail. You, mm-hmm. got, you decided one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call her up. I'm going to text her. Did you did you send her an email? Did you send her a baritone message, a secret choir relay? Did you and and why did you choose Thor the Dark World? And what did you do? And what did she say? And and then I'll get her side of it, and then I'll go make my verdict. I believe it was a Facebook message, um, Thor the Dark World, because that was the movie that was playing. I think we both were sort of interested in Marvel movies at the time. Um, and I saw that as the next step in our soon to be relationship is going on either a one-on-one date or a smaller social gathering until it just whittles down to just the two of us as it is now. So you sent her a Facebook message saying those words exactly, right? I think we're both kind of into Marvel movies and I'd like to see if this is going to go somewhere or, or deteriorate into mere friendship. Is that what you said? Um, not that forwardly. But I, <laughs> I did not mention. Kat, do you remember receiving the Facebook message inviting you to see Thor: The Dark World? I do remember that. I think I actually have a screenshot of that message. Um, I can maybe pull that up. Okay, Jonathan, what are you doing tomorrow? Me, I don't know yet. Why, Jonathan? I'm going to see Thor if you want to come. Me, I do really want to see that. What time, Jonathan? 7.30, 7.50, or 10.25. Me. 7.30 or 7.50 would probably both work for me. I'm not 100% sure I can go, but I'll let you know by tomorrow morning. Jonathan, why don't you just commit to it right now and make me super happy? Me. <laughs> I wish I could. I have to make sure my mom doesn't need me to do anything. I'm so sorry. What is the date on that one? That that's uh, November. I don't have the date on that, but it has that to is, be no, it has to it be is, November. It's like 7th. November sixth or seventh. Yeah, I don't want to call you a liar because you said that you went to see no, Thor: The Dark World on November seventh, but it opened yes. on November eighth. Okay, so then so we saw that, that. I think we saw it on opening night. Unless you unless you went to like a midnight screening the night before. I could be wrong. Or unless your mom needed something from you. She does not be- need something from me because we did go the following day. So, but so that the message exchange ends with, I'll, I'll see if my mom needs me. And that's where you left it. Oh, no, we kept messaging. But I think Jonathan really cringes at the thought of like any messages past yesterday. So I think he'll die if I continue reading. That was a pretty bad exchange on my part. Why do you think it was a bad exchange on your part, Jonathan? I did not like that little pressure of trying to get a yes. I I would tell someone that I'd tell my younger self to not do that. ABC, huh. that's what I'd tell your younger self. Always be closing. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer Marmer, do you want to weigh in on a, we all kind of gasped at that. I saw you on your teleconference screen. Mm-hmm. What was your feeling there? 
what was my feeling? It was surprising. I was very surprised that Jonathan went so hard. Were you grossed out? Were you like, oh, this guy? No, but only because I've had a few conversations with him and I know he's not a gross guy. Right. That's what you need the cafeteria lunch for to establish non-grossness. John, the cafeteria meal establishes grossness. That's where you dip your grilled cheese into ranch. (laughs) (laughs) By by grossness, do you mean sublimity? Yeah, both. (laughs) (laughs) Por que no los dos? (laughs) Jonathan, at what point in this text conversation did you invite John John (laughs) to the movie theater? Was it after Cat semi-rejected your relatively intense overture? Uh, that is a fault on my part. I did not, at no point did I make it clear to Kat that second Jonathan would be coming on the date. The reason he did come was because, uh, my car at the time broke down every other day and I needed a ride and he was my ride. So, uh, that was under the stipulation that he would see the movie with us (laughs) if he drove me to the movies. Ooh. Everyone wanted to see Thor The Dark World. Wow. 2013 was a was a very interesting time. We did not know what was coming for us in 2013. That's on November 8th. A time when there were no magazines, we had hope for democracy, and rideshare services were called John John. That's right. <laughs> Jonathan, I'm going to go into my private screening room. I'm going to watch Thor The Dark World to get myself into the mood for this verdict. Uh, you'll have... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Running time. Uh, 112 minutes or so to wait for my verdict and to contemplate what it might be. Before that happens, though, I would ask you to contemplate now. If I were to rule against you and say, no, that was not the first date, what would that mean to you? How would you feel and what would that mean to you? Um, I think I could find content with it either way. I just want... Uh, it to be official what is considered a date. So I'll I'll be a little sad if we can't have that day, but I'll still find some solace in the wonderful dates that we've had since. Okay. Kat, what it would mean to you if I were to rule that was your first date? How would you feel about that? I would be a little confused, but I would accept it ultimately. Kat, why do you think it's so important for Jonathan to, to have this be the first date? If you had to guess, because... Uh, it seems to me like Jonathan has a little bit of difficulty t- talking about his innermost feelings. Every now and then he'll surprise you with something. But like, I just asked him, what would it mean to you if I just, if I just ditched your first date? He's like, I'd find contentment somehow. Yeah. If you had to guess and think you've known him now for many years and, and shared a life with him, what do you think's going on with him? Why do you think this is so important to him? What do you think it means if I were to take it away from him? I think ultimately Jonathan is very intentional. So, He probably, even though he's not describing in a ton of detail, he probably did think about this a good bit and work himself up to it. I was also, I was and am his first romantic partner, really, in any way. Um, So it would, I'm I'm not giving him a ton of credit on this, but... Asking someone to eat at the cafeteria with him is the biggest romantic gesture he had ever made in his life up until this point. Um, so that in itself is is pretty nice. That's a big step 
for him, even if I don't recognize it as a qualifier for a date, it still was a big step for him. And so I will at least recognize that. So I feel like those are probably uh, some bigger reasons that he didn't personally address. If it weren't a date, Jonathan, if I say that's not a date, would it cheapen your feelings, do you think? No, I still I still value those feelings if it's not an official in terms of like the etymology of a date, if it doesn't fit within that definition, then I'm still fine. Then what are we doing here, Jonathan? <laughs> I just uh I want it to be an official date if I can have that. <laughs> okay. You want it to be an official date. The only thing stopping it from being an official date is cat. Yes. So when she says, no, that wasn't a date, how does that make you feel? Um, slightly like my intentions weren't real. Interesting. When you hear that, Kat, how do you feel about that? Well, it makes me feel a little sad for him. But I, I don't think that makes him his intentions not real. It just means maybe I was misunderstanding them at the time. I think I just needed some clear communication. Yes, Kat, I, I can understand why you might expect some clearer communication, but this is the fellowship of Johns we're talking about here. We're <laughs> shy guys. Shy guys. All right. I can't wait to watch Thor The Dark World any longer. I got to go into my, my private IMAX, watch this thing. I'll be back in 112 minutes. No bathroom breaks with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Kat, how are you feeling right now? A little hungry, but pretty confident. <laughs> well, it's almost 12.15. <laughs> We've booked you guys into a studio. Don't worry, just outside that studio door is a giant stack of grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Sincerely, how do you feel right now? I'm, fe I'm feeling pretty solid. Why is that? I feel like there are a couple of viable first date options and the cafeteria is not one of them <laughs> i do i do not know if my first date which is the taco bell man of steel combo will be chosen but i do not think that the cafeteria will be chosen jonathan how do you feel uh less confident since the those bombshell texts and uh, everything that's transpired but i feel good I mean, you did come in here guns blazing. I've, we've never had a more cocksure uh, litigant on Judge John Hodgman. Just came in here talking mess and taking names. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, what do you think might change from this? Um, I think it'll just be a squashed disagreement. Whichever way the ruling goes, we'll accept it and we'll move on. We'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a moment. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. 
Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, we're taking a break and we are each going to be appearing live and in person on opposite coasts of this country in the upcoming days. You've got something going on in Massachusetts. That's right. On Saturday, December 17th, I am returning to reunite with our old friend Monty Belmonte on the beautiful stage of the Shea Theater in Turner's Falls, Western Massachusetts. That's just about a, about a, an hour and three quarters away from Boston. It's a little bit north of Hartford, a little bit east of Albany. It's the Pioneer Valley, everybody. I'm coming back for what we're calling our Hodge Monty Holiday Spectacular. Monty and I, I'm the Hodge, he's the Monty are going to be having some fun together and, and doing some chats and maybe singing some songs along with two very special guests, our friend Jonathan Colton and our friend Gene Gray will also be up there. You can get your tickets and reserve your seats right now. Just go into whatever search engine you use and type in Hodge Monte, H-O-D-G-M-O-N-T-E, H-O-D-G-M-O-N-T-E. I want to give a little shout out to the Prairie Lights bookstore in Iowa City. There's some chatter on the internet when we were talking about uh, Aslan and his family reading um, Gareth Hines' uh, graphic novel version of The Odyssey an episode ago or so. And Aslan said that he found it in the kids' section or the, the young person's section in the basement of what he said was City Lights Bookstore in Des Moines. Some chat on the internet like, well, did he mean Prairie Lights Bookstore in Iowa City? Wherever it is, whatever, whatever lights your independent bookstore light, be it Prairie Lights, City Lights, wherever it may be, Go out and support your local independent bookstore, especially now as we are entering into the holidays. Books make tremendous gifts. And I want to thank Gareth Hines, who uh, illustrated that uh, graphic novel edition of The Odyssey for uh, for writing. Uh, he, he listened to the episode, uh, really appreciated it. Uh, I think we're going to put him in touch with Aslan to send some more age-appropriate work to that family. For indeed, that interpretation of The Odyssey is for 11 years old and up. So I guess we got it right for once. Jesse, what do you got going on? I'm going to be in person as well, back in South Pasadena, California, on Saturday, December 17th at the South Pasadena Vintage Flea Market. We had a great time at some really nice Judge John Hodgman listeners last time around. Rob Hubel stopped by. Yes, that's right. Rob Hubel from the upcoming new Goosebumps television show. Oh, really? Is that true? Good for yeah. you, Rob. Ooh. Yeah. I know. I love it. God, Rob Hubel's so handsome. Well, I mean, it's not a it's not a very articulated H, but his last name does begin with Hubel, as in handsome. Yeah, I think there's yeah. there's no doubt about that. But anyway, the afternoon of Saturday, December seventeenth, we'll be out there, uh, right off Mission Street in South Pasadena. And of course, no matter where you live, you can do your holiday shopping at putthisonshop.com or John. 
on Instagram at put.this.on. I would say our Instagram business may be even busier than our web business at this point. Basically, I'm I'm sending stuff out on Instagram as quick as I can bring it home from estates and flea markets and so forth. So uh, get into the put this on Instagram and follow those stories to grab the latest cool stuff. Right now, it's a lot of leather jackets going out the door right now. A lot of vintage pins going out the door right now. Uh, we're working on all kinds of stuff. So uh, put this on shop.com and put dot this dot on on Instagram. We'll be back in just a second on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. My friend and bailiff, Jesse Thorne, made a little lighthearted tease about the runaway love affair of these weeks back in 2013. And, you know, he's right. You, you, weren't, you weren't Vespa-ing in Rome and then jetting off to Paris and dancing atop the Eiffel Tower as fireworks go off. But I'm going to say this is, this is the most romantic Judge John Hodgman ever. I want to play this every Valentine's Day. Jennifer Marmer, do you think you can slot that in for every Valentine's Day? Clear it in the Judge John Hodgman calendar every February. Because look, here's, here's what happened. Kat didn't see it as a big risk, but absolutely. And risk is a part of a date, right? I, when, we, when we talk about the dates, what is a date? Planning, risk, romance. These all play in to a certain degree. Incipient romance, though, is the hardest one to say. Like once the romance has bloomed, is it even a date at that point? A date is a getting to know you type of situation where there's a sense that something might be happening. And for Jonathan, that was definitely happening on cafeteria day. Cafeteria day, Jonathan felt it and he dealt it and he smelt it. Those delicious grilled cheeses. He made a call to sidle up to cat in the hallway, a call in the hallway and Make his play, which was to say, do you want to go to the place you're going to anyway with me? And she said, yes. And even though if she said no, she would have been a monster, which she obviously isn't. And he knew that she wasn't, even though this risk was profoundly minimal in any real world capacity. It's true that Jonathan felt nervous about it. And Jonathan felt excited to be there. When asked what was the most important thing about this date to Jonathan, the answer was, she said, yes, that was before you even got to the cafeteria. That was a big day for Jonathan, romantically speaking for Kat. It was nothing. And I don't blame her. It was nothing. She went and had lunch with a guy. She was either still dating someone or just getting over someone, but it was enough for Jonathan. Then comes November the 8th, Thor, the dark world weekend. Everyone was so excited about Thor the Dark World. This, this, is, this also speaks to planning risk and romance because you ask someone to see Thor the Dark World. We all knew. It's not like it was a bat- Batman day in 1989. This is not like a, a sure thing, like going to lunch in the cafeteria after choir. Thor the Dark World, that was, that was probably the prime pick in a weekend of bad date movies. No offense to Johnny Knoxville. Jackass presents bad grandpa is not someone you want to take on a first date to. Neither is Captain Phillips, I would say. No offense, Tom Hanks. I know you're listening. Or the dark world, and you knew, and you knew that she was she was into it. And you sent, here it comes, planning. You sent that Facebook message. She hems and haws. 
And finally, and this is the thing that I was really struck by because you really took this as like, oh, I put pressure on her. And you know, I have to say, and heavens or whatever knows, listeners may disagree with me, they often do. When you said it would make me really happy if you just said yes, I felt a little pitter pat there myself. Nine years later, I'm like, oh, maybe I want to go on a date with Jonathan. To me, that's a risk. That's you're really putting yourself out there because ultimately a date is really about like, I'm interested in you. I don't, I don't want to just go to lunch with you and a bunch of singers. I want to see you and be with you. Now you blew it, obviously, because you brought a second Jonathan. This does not eliminate the fact that you wanted this also to be a date, Jonathan. If we're not for Jonathan too, it might have been. And you did put your head on her shoulder, which is pretty cute. And I hope you felt that that was okay with you, Kat. It was. It was. And then came November 9th, which is your anniversary. So the first day was a big day for Jonathan. The second day was a big day for Thor. This third day was a big day for both of you. And then what you want to be your official first date on or about November 16th, going to Taco Bell, having bean burritos, sitting on the floor of Books A Million, watching Man of Steel on a Fire Kindle, I would argue is probably the best day and maybe the only good day in the history of the Snyderverse. But as, gr- as grand a gesture of risk and planning as Thursday, Thursday as we call it in the English calendar, was nothing is more romantic than the day Jonathan offered you an out on watching Insidious 2 to come see the Fox and the Hound. And yes, he misled you. He said the Fox and the Hound and switched it out for the Aristocats, a movie that I have not seen ever, I don't think, but it's got to be more romantic than Fox and the Hound. Fox and the Hound is just about buddies. (laughs) Ooh, the gesture. And the kiss. This is, I mean, this is the one of the most romantic. This is a, a runaway love affair with the icing on the cake of sitting on the floor next to magazines, which you know, from a from a fellowship of John point of view, is the most romantic thing you can do on a date. I think it's all wonderful and and incredibly uh, romantic, and I'm very glad for both of you. But you can see how each of these sort of falls into a category of a date and falls out of a category of a date. I think first and foremost, my ruling is going to be cafeteria date can't count. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I can't let you have that as a date. You can't have a secret one-sided date. She didn't know it was a date. I believe that she didn't know it was a date. You can't walk around and say that was a great date if it's not mutual. That was an important day for you and in your relationship. Thor counts as a date, but I'm not going to allow it because Jonathan crashed it. It would have been a great first date. It was a semi-date. It was a preview date. And I'm not going to count, I'm not going to count uh, Man of Steel uh, on the floor either because that's, a, that's an established couple hang. The date, to me, the first date, the one that I can't, I can't, I, it's just, you know, a date doesn't have to be romantic. A date is specifically about getting to know one another, you know? But you had already gotten to know each other through choir. Like there doesn't have to be a romantic expectation out of a date you're really just figuring each other out and wondering and seeing if there's a spark there 
And you, and through all these interactions that were non-dates, you did see a, and feel a spark. And it just so happens to be your first date was also the day you realized that you really cared about each other and your boyfriend and girlfriend. It just happened the same day. You're already celebrating the anniversary of it. I'm going to say that's your first date, in part because it makes no one happy except me. Because uh, of course it is. Of course it is. Oh, when you texted, do you want to come over to my house and watch? One of the most romantic things a person can do. Let me save you from that scary horror movie. That's my ruling. November the 9th, 2013, uh, Fox and Hound fakeout day. First date, dating anniversary, settled, solid. This is the sound of a gavel. You look, you look nice. nice. You look nice. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jonathan, how do you feel? I'm content. I'm happy with this. I love cat. <laughs> <laughs> I love my wife, so I'm happy with Jonathan this. Jonathan is the is the freaking Buddha over here. <laughs> no wants, no needs, just sitting under that tree. Cat, how do you feel? Pretty ready for a grilled cheese. Um, <laughs> no, I'm. You know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. I'm feeling. As long as it wasn't the cafeteria, I was happy. Jonathan, this is my real question. If you're going to pull the fox and hound switch, why wouldn't you show Robin Hood, the horniest of the 1970s <laughs> Disney movies? I didn't think we were at that stage yet. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Jonathan and Kat, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Another Judge John Hodgman case is in the books. In just a moment, we'll have swift justice. Our thanks to Ain't No Rule for naming this week's episode Plea Cute. If you want to name a future episode, follow us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets. Hashtag JJHO. You can join the conversation about Judge John Hodgman at MaximumFun.Reddit.com. That's MaximumFun.Reddit.com. Evidence and photos from the show are posted on our Instagram account at instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. You can view them on the web, even if you are not an Instagram subscriber, member, user, even without an Instagram account. Uh, if you do have an Instagram account, be sure to follow us, uh, Judge John Hodgman. This episode recorded by Neil Kesterson at Dynamics Productions in Lexington, Kentucky. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Our editor is Valerie Moffat. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Twitter user at Life on a Plate says, My partner prefers to read books with the dust jacket on, but I believe the jacket should be preserved nicely. For mutually owned books... I would like a ruling that dust jackets should be removed and safely stored while reading. Well, the solution to this, I mean, look, first of all, congratulations on reading physical books. Uh, it's a wonderful feeling. It's not something I do very often anymore. Books are beautiful objects. And when you hold them and read them, there's very personal experience, very intimate experience. And people curate libraries with a lot of care, uh, both in terms of what they like to read and and preserving those intimate objects that they love. And they have difference of opinion. But here's my difference of opinion. There's no such thing as a mutually owned book. There's no such thing. I hope that you and your partner stay together forever, life on a plate, at life on a plate. But if you were to ever break up, 
you know which books you'd be taking and you know which books you'd be leaving. Yeah. So do what you want with your dust jackets on your books in your library. All right. Now, we also talked a lot about, oh, good old Meridian Community College, good old MCC. We'd love to hear more college and academic related disputes. Do you still have a beef with your old roommate from college? Or are you still best friends with your old roommate from college, like Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones? Can Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones, who were Harvard roommates together, please write in with a dispute from college? Do you have a case against your dean that you'd like to submit? Are you in college now and you're feuding with classmates over a group project? Is like, are you a member of the Yale football team and you don't want to study Indonesian? Just any dispute that you have having to do with community college, getting an associate's degree all the way to getting a PhD or anywhere in between or outside of that thinking. Any any college disputes, let's hear them. Bula, bula, rah, rah, rah. Write them into MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. And of course, no case is too big or too small. Send them to us on any subject at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.